0: I want to thank you for joining us today on Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio teaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series called Seven Steps to Life-Altering Prayer. and Today we're going to listen to the first part of a message called Step 2, Transcendent Adoration. Let's turn our attention to Matthew chapter 6. Well, if you've ever heard the term, it hits the fan. Um, that usually draws up some negative connotations. But if you were to go back to when that term was first developed, it could be used in a variety of different ways. X hits the fan. What it meant is that something is getting revealed or put out for others to see. It's not going to be hidden anymore. I want to suggest to you that your prayer life is where your theology is hits the fan whatever you think theology is the study of God and whatever you think about God okay we can say in church I believe this I believe that I believe about Jesus I believe this about God I believe that God has power I believe that God answers prayer but prayer, when we actually are praying, is where our theology becomes exposed. Maybe not to other people so much as to the only person that in the end really matters, and that's to God himself. Now, we're going to talk about that. We're in the second week of our series of uh, seven steps to life-altering prayer. Now, this message is called Step 2, Transcendent Adoration. I'm going to ask you to join me in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8. Actually, we'll back up to verse 7 and kind of start where we left off last week. Jesus is teaching his disciples, perhaps others as well. And he says this to his disciples. He says, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Pray then like this. And I want to make two notes before we go to the rest of that verse. Where we're going to spend the most of our time. But notice that word from last week, need. Your father knows what you, what is the word? Need before you ask him. Then it says, pray like this. Now there's many things that you need, many things that I need. That's why we go to prayer. And we're going to look at that more in depth. But when it says, pray then like this, Jesus is not saying uh, you get credit for the amount of times that you can pray through this prayer verbatim that's different than what some other churches would teach or other groups would teach you don't get credit with God for your many words as he had just said he said you don't be like the Gentiles and if I can just say this enough times no contrary to that what we're gonna get here in the Lord's Prayer is a structure that should drive our prayers now this would be a really fast teaching if I just blazed through. I could, I could read this in three minutes, say amen, and we'd be done for today, and that'd be a, that wouldn't be really life-altering, per se. But if we're going to experience life-altering prayer, prayer that changes my life on a daily basis, that's what we're going for, that needs to be more than that. I would suggest to you the Lord's Prayer is a pattern. It is a superstructure wherein we can communicate with God in general categories. Let me ask this question. What is our greatest need? We just talked about needs a few minutes ago. Scripture says that your father knows your needs before you ask, but if we were to take all those needs, categorize them, prioritize them, what is the most important need that you and I have? Today, at any time, this is a quiz. I don't want your prayers to be messed up. Our greatest need is to be in right relationship with God. That's your greatest need. I mean, if I were here and I were to ask you, what is your greatest physical need right now? Well, some of you are thinking, well, my greatest physical need is that I forgot to eat breakfast and I'm hungry. And I'm really hoping that you don't take forever to preach, Pastor Luke, because I would like to get some lunch. I, or I, would, I need to get home and I need to catch up on cutting the grass or I, have to, uh, I need to talk to a friend or I need to get some rest or whatever my need is. But if I were to boil it down and say, what is your greatest need? Um, your greatest need is for oxygen. All those become irrelevant if you don't have oxygen. And in the same way, our needs as a whole boil down to this central need we need to be right in right relationship with God himself. Now, we are beings that are created to worship. If you have a pen, why don't you jot this down quickly? The Lord's Prayer is a reminder of our need for transcendent adoration. The Lord's Prayer is a reminder of our need for transcendent adoration. Adoration. James MacDonald in his book, Vertical Church, uh, writes this, a real encounter with the living God changes everything. First, it magnifies the Lord and then puts me and my ego and my sin and my burdens all in their rightful places. You see, the Lord's prayer is about pulling us out of our temporal, narcissistic ways of living, Some of us are a bit offended at that. I'm not narcissistic. Actually, you're proving you are narcissistic by being offended at what I just said, (laughs) okay? We're all that way. We're beings that are focused on ourselves. And what prayer does is turns us away from a selfish, a temporal, narcissistic culture and personal lives and puts our attention on something far greater. It pulls us out of the daily grind. It pulls us out of all the things that tug at our pants and at our minds and at our hearts, and it turns us vertically toward the Lord for something far greater. I want to take your attention briefly with this sense of transcendent adoration. What are we talking about here? Wayne Grudem says this. He says the term transcendent Uh, The term is often used to say that God is much greater than creation. When we say that, it is that the work is transcendent. Very simply, this means that God is far above the creation in the sense that he is greater than the creation. And he is independent of it. Paul writes to the Corinthians. He says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. You see, on a daily, momentary basis, our eyes need to be lifted from what is transient, what is temporal, what is grabbing at our attention and lifted to the eternal God of the universe who is majestic in every way. How often does your prayer life go there? That's why Jesus says these words. He says, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. See, there ought to be something about our prayer lives that stop dead in their tracks from just being about another need, another grocery list, another to-do list of things to constantly bring before God, which he does care about, and we'll get there. But if there's nothing in our prayer life that draws our attention to who God is, we've entirely missed the point. And I hope that you'll be encouraged as we dig into this today. The Lord's Prayer should be a daily reminder to put my worship, your worship, and glory in the eternal, transcendent God of the universe. Now, what does prayer look like? What does transcendent adoration look like in prayer? I mean, practically speaking, I'm not talking about in theory, right? We all have theories, we all can read theology books, but what does it look like when I'm on my knees or in my kitchen or having a cup of coffee in the morning and reaching out to God in prayer? Well, I wanna look at that first. The great thing about this verse is that it's very short and we're going to go word by word. Notice that it says our, what's the first word there? Our Father. Father means a lot of things to a lot of us. We're coming up on Father's Day. I want to ask three questions of the text. I want you to join me in this. Maybe you're thinking these questions yourself. The first question is, who is my father? The second question is, how did he become my father? Or can he become my father? The third question is, what does it mean to be a child of God? You see, because if we're going to understand even the first two words of what we're about to pray, if we're going to be caught up in transcendent adoration, I got to know what I'm praying about. Now again, when I say the word father, that can mean a ton of things to every person in every row. All of us have had a father or have a father. And that can mean a ton of different things. I was thinking of some categories of how we even define our fathers or aspects of fatherhood. I just picked three. Presence is one. And if I were to have a paradigm here or, or a, a spectrum, that'd be a better way to say it. A spectrum on the one side of presence uh, would be uh, controlling. Uh, maybe you, when you think of the word father, of your father being present, he was so present that he was always hovering over you. You felt like you know the, the little angel on the on your shoulder, right? He was there all the time, telling you, "Don't do this. Do that. Don't do this." Controlling, or maybe on the complete other side would be absent. There's a good chance that there's some people here who don't even know who your father even is. The word father to you is a black hole. And then let me give you some more categories just quickly as we're thinking about who our father is. Here's the second one, discipline. Scripture says that our heavenly father disciplines us. Again, you can have a heavenly father that is, or was, very strict. Very strict. Always on top of you. Heavy discipline. You cross that line, you're gonna know it. Oh! Discipline, strict. All the way over to a father who is perhaps enabling. Oh, just do whatever makes you happy. Now, some people think, oh, I wish I had a father like this. No, you don't. This has been told in many different stories. The person who grows up with a father that is enabling, that just lets his children eat sugar cereal all the time and then candy after that, leaves a hole in the heart wishing for a father that would be a father and would say no. But here's one more category briefly, and that is affection. Overly affectionate would be Smothering the father that always needs all of the affection of his kids and he gives affection but has to have it constantly. That is, um, in in, in essence, a controlling but in a different sort of affectionate way. I need all the attention and adoration of my children, never to let them go all the way to the other side, which is distant and cold. And maybe for you, your picture of a father is a father that isn't a whole lot different than our, our picture of a Puritan, somebody back there in black clothes that doesn't really, never gave me a hug. He never said, I love you. And you, you just don't, he's just not affectionate. And I, I want to I draw your attention now to the Heavenly Father. Those three categories. When we say that our Heavenly Father is a loving Father, what we're saying is, He is the perfect, balanced combination of all of those in a transcendent way. And I would ask you for a moment as we're coming to this concept of prayer to leave your earthly father perceptions outside of your prayer life. Because if you view God as controlling or as absent or as overboard what you're going to do is that's going to affect how you can reach out to the perfect heavenly father this is pastor luke aarons from vertical church you know i love that you're listening to meeting with god but i got a question for you are you doing the christian life in isolation at vertical church columbus we live out biblical community not only through our weekend services but also in grace groups These small groups meet across the city weekly to encourage one another and care for one another and study God's word together. You know, If you don't have Christians around you in your journey with Christ, let me invite you to Vertical Church. Go to verticalchurch.life. Us fathers here know all too well that we fall short. God is the perfect balance of all. Who is my heavenly father? He's loving. Second of all, how did he become my heavenly father? Well, it's been said that God has no grandchildren, God has no step children. God only has adopted, chosen children. Galatians chapter four tells us about this when it says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. Because you are sons and daughters, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba Father. I think as I was studying this text, one of the things that stood out to me the most, and for some of you will be the most impactful, is the fact that when we pray our Father in heaven, we're reminded that we belong. That there is a heavenly Father that I can't see, we used the example last week of a one-way mirror and the fact that he sees us but we can't see him physically and how hard that is sometimes but there is a father in heaven that loves you, that cares about you, that is thinking about you all the time. Our father in heaven, you belong. Just the sheer fact that you use those words, it should be a reminder to your, not only your theology, but your practical application of it, that there is a God who sent his son to die for your sin so that he could adopt you into his family. That's awesome. Some of you need to hear that this morning, that there's a father you can't see who loves you in a way you'll never understand he loves you personally he, he is thinking about you when you're thinking about him when you're not thinking about him when you can't care less about him that is what a genuine father is he's overseeing his children and caring for them i think of the times that i come home late and i walk into my children's rooms and look at them and see them sleeping and care for them and put the blanket over them they're never seeing it but that doesn't mean that i don't care I love them, that's how God loves his people. And when you're reaching out to God in prayer, to a transcendent God you can't see, he is a heavenly father who has chosen you to spend eternity with him forever. In fact, make a note of this, when we pray we are celebrating our connection to our transcendent father, we are his possession. We are his possession. I would say this if you're here today and you're not sure if you belong to our Heavenly Father. Don't leave this place without settling that. You can join the family. Whosoever will may come, as Jesus said. Whoever wants to join the family, we join the family by acknowledging that Jesus Christ is our savior, that we are in our sin, that we need his help and his forgiveness, that we believe on him for salvation. We enter the family. Here's the last question. What does it mean to be a child of God? Some of us in our sin, in our foolishness, in our depravity, in our unworthiness or worthlessness, we look up to heaven and we say, why me? Why would he love me? Why me? I don't understand it. Why would God love me? I'm a sinner. I'm a person that has no value apart from him. Why would God choose me? Why does any parent choose to adopt a child? Why does God choose to adopt broken people like us? I don't know what he does. What does it mean to be a child of God? It means to be loved, it means to be chosen. It means to be blessed and given everything that God possesses in the heavenly places he is open to his children. Well this should lead us to, to sum this up. Relational adoration sometimes when i would come home from work and most uh, young parents can kind of identify with me if you've been a parent years ago you'll remember this as a dad when you come in the door from a long day after work and usually it goes it works for the kids eh, somewhere between you know 18 months and Three to four years after that, they're kind of done with it. But you know, you walk through the door, and that child just beams and just runs to you and wants and wants to give you full attention. And I can't believe daddy's home. This is the best thing that's ever happened. There's this relational affection. Now, at some point, at five or six, they get smarter and realize that dad isn't Superman or Batman. You also see it with moms. Uh, you moms know, I, I know when Jensine prepares to leave the house to go shopping and tears like all the rest of the kids when they were young, just balls, no, mom, you can't leave, no. You're the center of my universe. You cannot leave, yeah? And so we have all kinds of maneuvers to get out of the house without her noticing, <laughs> right? Well, think about that in terms now to our prayer life, our Father in heaven. You see, the adoration that we send up to our Father, there's three aspects. Here's the first one it's relational. I'm not just worshiping a God I can't understand who's far more powerful than I can imagine. Jesus gives us handles for this prayer. He says, our father, you relate to him like a father. You adore him like a child does a parent. There is something awesome about relational adoration. That doesn't stop there, but it starts there. And I would ask you, as you're thinking about your prayer life, as you're praying, as I would just tell you this for years, I've prayed through the Lord's Prayer almost every single day. Sometimes literally in 30 seconds, sometimes over extended periods of time, but mostly shorter. But at each of these stopping points, it's an opportunity to go off and pray about that for a while. So when we pray, our Father, that's a stopping point. That's I'll pause the button for a second. I need to stop there for a minute. I need to reach out to the Lord with adoration and, and remind God of what a blessing it is to be a child of his. Now I want to contrast that. I want to move away from imminence. I'll do some theological terms here. Imminence to transcendence. Now imminence... Um, is referencing nearness, God's nearness to us. Now, imminence is not the same as imminent. I remember them talking about this in seminary. Imminent is talking about the return of Christ. And I I think I got those confused a couple times. It didn't go real well. Um, We're talking about imminence. We're talking about God's nearness, the fact that we can reach out to him in prayer, the fact that he is near to those who cry out to him. But I want to look at transcendence, transcendence. The famous theologian Karl Barth described God as holy other. Holy other. Different, separate from us. Essentially, God is not your buddy. Okay. Now, while God is your father, God is not your buddy. Thank God that he is more than someone we play softball with and then go watch a movie with. God is far beyond that, far above that. I want to show you that here for a moment. I want you write this down. When we pray, we are joining in the adoration of our Father's elevation and separation. We are joining in the adoration of our Father's elevation and separation. Isaiah chapter 55, verse nine says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. While God is near as our Father, He is our Father in heaven. And what does that mean? Well, that means that His ways are far beyond our ways, His thoughts far beyond our thoughts. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. We hope you were encouraged in your own relationship with Jesus Christ today. If you would like to hear other messages from Pastor Luke Ahrens, please subscribe to our Vertical Church Columbus podcast. There you will find an extensive collection of sermons from Vertical Church worship services and other unique content from Pastor Luke, which will enrich your faith and point you to Christ. You can find the podcast by searching Vertical Church Columbus wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with us. As always, we hope you'll join us here tomorrow at the very same time for your Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.